0: You wouldn't like me when I'm angry at pigs,
1: stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and cash grabs that are wrapped in a gooey, emotional, satisfying, humor-filled center. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva, And today we're talking Angry Birds 2.
0: Or is it the Angry Birds Movie 2? Is that the full title? That doesn't seem grammatically correct, so it might be. <laughs> I remember seeing all those words. I don't know what, and you know, the Angry Birds 2 movie doesn't sound right either, but... <sighs>
1: too angry, two birds. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway... Yeah, I know we're, we're starting off at the foot of making fun of it because I think the conceit of this movie and the reason Angry Birds, the movie 1, exists is to make a movie out of a game that doesn't really have much of a plot. Uh, but Angry Birds 2, as we'll get into, does find plot and character to uh, some degree and is a pleasant surprise that has surprised everyone who has seen it. Um, so 10 people... Uh, (laughs) 10 P what? I don't know. It it feels it's come out to much more acclaim than the angry birds movie one. uh, But certainly has made a lot less money than angry birds movie one. It's hard to follow that. It's hard to follow a movie that everybody sees and doesn't like with a movie that's good because why are people going to come back for the second movie?
0: There was a whole article about this, where they weren't sh- quite sure about the movie because the first one didn't do well, and then the second movie was so much better, but nobody went to see it because they got burned by the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they called it the Tomb Raider effect or something. <laughs> like, the first Tomb Raider was bad, and then they did this. Because, you was know, bringing Tomb Raider in the- too good? That's what the that's what the article was proposing.
1: I don't I don't know I haven't seen either of them. I definitely did see them and I can't say either one left a mark on me. Okay. Well, both also video game movies. Right. Mm.
0: Now, this is this does not hold true for Lego Movie 2, which were the first one everyone knew it was amazing and terrific and then didn't get as big of a viewing for the second one. So there, there may be something else
1: happening. I think it's kind of with the Lego movie, it's a different, like, yeah, that's a Lego movie too, but that's like saying that the video game, Angry Birds 2 is actually the second Angry Birds video game. It's not, <laughs> it's like the 15th <laughs> <laughs> and with Lego movie, uh, there were other Lego movies in between one and two and a whole bunch of TV specials and a whole Lego universe. And I think that even though it's Lego movie two people may have been Lego Universed out at that point for a little bit. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about, because our podcast isn't so much about giving a thumbs up and thumbs down review kind of stars kind of podcast. We like to get into the, as I think you said, ooey gooey. N- was that something that you said? Yeah. like the creamy Ooh, gooey, nougaty. Yeah, the, we're the we're the cre- we we like to get into the cream filled center of things and figure out how things operate. It's and we don't really talk about taste as in terms of good or bad. We just like to sample all the different notes and flavors of things. So if you're like, yes, I would enjoy those flavors, then.
1: It's Things are for you, it's like an anime somalier. Wow, it's it's a mouthful. I can't pronounce it all altogether, but I know it's all there. Anime chomalley, <laughs> anime chomalley,
0: macaroon, maybe.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: It's there's lots of candies and cookies, but we we we're, we're analyzing. We're getting into the center of it. We're mm-hmm. that's we're not we're not like just. Thumbs up, thumbs down, go see it. We're just, hey, this is what's going on with it. This is what it's about.
1: successful, where are the opportunities, what do we like? Yes. Yeah. So let's look at
0: this. We have the second movie um, of a property, which is a video game, which they're in. And not even like a video game like we think of video games like level one level two kind of moving through and your character kind of explores and stuff but like a lego game that's built and lego game a video game (laughs) that's built on just
1: um physics yeah it's puzzle solving i think that it's it's the tetris of our generation
0: yes that's a good way of putting it and I'm not saying that it's not fun because I had Angry Birds on my iPhone and Angry Birds 2 on my iPad and Angry Birds Star Wars and Angry Birds Star Wars 2 and Angry Birds um, Space, I think, was one of them on there and Angry Birds Go. And I feel like there's one that I'm missing that I had
1: on Angry Birds 2. Do you say two? I said two two already.
0: Okay. Not the movie two, but the the video game two, which was a better and expanded version of the original game. So just just played with things a little differently. Anyway, uh, yeah, so birds being shot by slingshots to demolish uh, structures that contain pigs who have stolen eggs. Is what you get.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's the video game. If you've never played Angry Birds, which at this point, I don't know who hasn't.
1: <laughs> I think played. people who got a smartphone after 2011. Right. You no, know, I guess Angry Birds was after. That. Sometime. Insert proper joke here. <laughs> but you know what? That's not a bad conceit for a video game either. Like that works. That's all you need to know. You don't need to go too much more in depth on like a non blockbuster video game. It's a puzzle solver. It's like you're the birds, they're the pigs and you're mad at them. Go. And each bird has
0: something uh, special about them, except for red. Red is just, the red bird just hits things. It's your basic bird. Hmm. It's pretty basic. And then, uh Your yellow bird, because they didn't have names at this point. You know, your yellow bird can... You fling it, and then you hit the screen, and it zooms. It's really fast. zooms through and crushes stuff. Got an exploding one. And then you get a toucan that does, like, this uh, boomerang effect thing. And then the blue birds turn into three birds. Like, I don't know how that works, like, physically for them, but... It's like three children in a trench coat pretending to
1: be an adult, I think.
0: Possibly, yeah. Anyway, there's not really character or story going on beyond, uh-oh, sorry, we're taking the, bird, the the eggs on this flying ship and we're moving to a different area, much like you might get like Mario, Super Mario 3. Like, oh, you got this far, now we're going away. Mm-hmm. Come catch us. And you just keep plowing through past each, each thing to get the eggs.
1: Whereas this movie, um, I think Angry Birds one follows much more closely that conceit of the video game. And like the whole payoff is like, aha, they have a slingshot now. It's like, they said the name of the movie in the movie. It took two hours, but they got there. Um, (laughs) Angry Birds 2 um, builds on the world of the first movie and isn't, doesn't feel the need to follow the video game in any way. Mechanics, character, bad guy, plot, anything. Doesn't matter to it. Which is really interesting to me because the other movie people keep comparing Angry Birds to the movie 2, comma 2, um, was this summer's blockbuster, Detective Pikachu, which is the highest grossing domestic video game movie. But that movie is literally the plot of the game by the same name. Like, there's nothing new in it. It's just a movie version of that game.
0: But I think it also has different things like Ryan Reynolds yeah. going for it. So it has a a sensibility. There's something about translating what happens in a game versus recreating a different sensibility and, you know, leaning into the... They leaned into the quirk of a talking Pokemon and what it would be like to have a gritty film noir with Pokemon
1: characters. Yeah, they certainly applied a style to it. But they had... As far as storytelling goes, a pretty complete template filled out. But that's also a game that has a plot.
0: Yeah, that has I... a that that has a plot versus a conceit. I know, agree or a concept. I totally agree. So, um, yeah, there was uh, the producer John Cohen talked a little bit about this. Um, What was cool, he says, quote, what was cool about Angry Birds Movie 2 was that we could move beyond it. We could really go in whatever direction we wanted. Um, One of the things that was on our mind um, and Thurup and I talked about quite a bit through the making of the movie was that the audience is probably expecting certain things from this movie. They're expecting more battles between birds and pigs because that's what only happens in the Angry Birds games. And it was exciting to us To give them something they totally didn't expect. End quote. And which goes to what you were saying that leave behind everything except for the core
1: slingshot, birds, pigs, eggs. Mm -hmm. Ish. Ish. Even then it feels like slingshot wasn't really there. It was part of the world, but it wasn't part of the movie if that makes sense
0: yeah and i think it doesn't have to be maybe that's where the first one got bogged down you know um how do we get giant slingshots into this movie (laughs) right now i think there there's also another side to it where there's the other danger is forgetting where you came from which is why we have it's not animated but um The Super Mario Brothers movie, which totally um, gave up in terms of using the source material and just kind of used the names of things and none of the real plot and the characters were different. And, you know, you just make some weird stuff out of that. Forgetting tone and what people are expecting entirely. Um, I think that tone can make up a lot for plot. If you give something in the same tone and something in the right world, I think they'll forgive not having certain things be a part of the world, if that makes sense.
1: It does because people choose Movies that make a very strong stylistic choice over substance all the time. Anything Christopher Nolan. I said it. I said it podcast. Wow.
0: I I feel like you're coming at me. You could have easily said anything by Wes Anderson.
1: I mean guilty, but yes, also that. (laughs) (laughs) I think there might be more substance there. I'm a little biased, but there's certainly a lot of style. A lot of people choose it because Mm. of the style. Uh people There are many people who go to movies and don't really care about the substance behind it. Even if I'm really trying to like dig Wes Anderson out of this hole. I don't have to. I'm gonna stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you don't have to defend him. I don't have to defend, you know, Chris Nolan. It's it's fine. We're fine. We can <laughs> We just know that tone and style and world can sometimes have a greater effect than plot or mm-hmm. certain certain pieces needing to be there. Um, and I think Angry Birds 2 feels like those games. It does. It feels quirky. And I know some of that is the look of things. You know, oh, those characters look like better... CG versions of the games that were on my iPhone. They look like them alive and they have personality and it's very rich and ridiculous and silly. And that world, it's fine. That's the layer that we get. And then from there, we just build on that. Here's the, here's the world and the tone of the world. And now we can move forward. hmm if that does that make sense at all, or am yeah, I just spinning I think in so. circles?
1: I zoned out a bit in the middle, trying to think if I actually felt like this does feel more like the games in the first movie because of the tone, and I think you're onto something. Hmm. For me, the movie kept reminding me of um, Looney Tunes. Yes, like it was trying to recapture that spirit and be cartoony but to an end not because it's like hashtag so random but it was trying to have humor driven by plot and circumstance if not character yeah Uh, i think mostly if not character in this movie which is not necessarily a bad thing it just doesn't have i think a lot of character driven humor
0: right which we could talk through you know as we get through the humor and things just Mm -hmm. this is as we get, this is the nougat y conversation. Mm. Drizzle <laughs> that nougat. I don't really like nougat that much, but it's a thing that people enjoy. So, <laughs> do you want to say a little bit more about the plot? Like, what is going on in Angry Birds 2? What is the story that they tell?
1: Yeah. Uh, in brief, and uh, I guess this would be where the sp- 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 spoiler alarm. We're going to start to get into the spoilers. So if you haven't yet decided, if you want to see Angry Birds 2, um, and we haven't convinced you with the first 15 minutes of this, turn off our (laughs) podcast now, um, decide if you're going to go see it, or go see it, hopefully we won you over, uh, and then return. If you've already seen it, keep listening. Cool? Okay, cool. Continuing. Angry Birds 2. Or the Angry Birds movie, too. Some combination of words and anger and the number two. <laughs> Basically picks up exactly where the first movie left off. And in fact, begins with a brief montage that is probably um, more plot-driven than the first movie in its entire runtime.
0: <laughs> well, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Like, uh, Let me just fling myself into this. Um <whistles> Gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it back on my iPad. I know I am. <laughs> I just feel like the pull of it. I'm like an addict. I'm like I going to go watch it. Again. Um, so much like when uh, the Kill Bill films came out, this is me having seen the second one before seeing the first, and much like the film Kill Bill Volume Two. The beginning helps you not need to see the first one. Um, I, I did not feel behind. I did not feel lost. I did not feel like I missed out on something. I don't feel like uh, any character relationships weren't well-defined enough in this movie for me to miss out on. It's like if you have not seen the Angry Birds movie, the first one... You don't have to not see Angry Birds. You don't have to see it first, I guess is what I'm trying Angry to say.
1: Angry Birds do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally that whole f- That whole first part, I was like, oh,
1: okay, I see what happened. It's like a reminder. Stop. Don't forget, yeah. this is what happened, kids, way back then when you were like six years old and want to see this movie as opposed to now when you're eight years old and want to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a lot of time in kid years. Kid it years. It is. Oh,
0: you're not, you're talking to me whose kid just went into first grade like a couple of weeks ago. So oh. I know like, I mean, definitely cats in the cradle, you know, <laughs> things are happening. Life is moving forward.
1: The birds and the slingshot and the silver moon, <laughs> little green pig. <laughs> Given the moon. You know, that rhymes with moon, like spoon. Yeah. 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 Just two moon. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, so these birds are angry. Um, and we recap, we have Red, who's the red bird. Uh, bomb, who looks like a bomb. And Chuck, who's the fast bird. Because um, you chuck him, I guess. It was prescient naming by his parents. Um, in the last <laughs> movie, they combated the pigs and kind of saved bird island and everybody used to hate red because he's angry but now they love him and they celebrate him and they really enjoy the birds and red loves being loved he likes having attention like a girl who got pretty at the end of high school he loves the attention um and Hmm. we see a quick recap of birds attacking pigs pigs attacking birds and it's all really petty in a funny way like you can tell they hate each other but it's the stakes are not very high.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a prank war. It's, it's very much Scrooge and Glomgold mm-hmm. at this point. Like, nobody's out to actually, well, maybe Glomgold is out to try to kill Scrooge, but it's not like ever gonna happen, you know? They're not gonna ever hurt each other. And it definitely feels like the pigs are more into it.
1: Yeah, that's and just the, who they are. Right. So you got this prank war and then a giant ball of ice falls out of the sky near Pig Island. And like, well, that's weird. We need help when they kind of see what's going on. So they make it, they call a truce with the birds, which Red does not like because this takes away everything he fought for and earned in the first movie. He suddenly has, he had suddenly had the love of everyone on the island after being hated for so long. And now he thinks that he's losing that and he doesn't want to go back to the life that he had. So he's prepared to do whatever it takes to keep being loved by everyone on the island and be the hero. Um, So they put together a team, as the pigs say. There's Leonard, the king of the pigs, and Courtney. I don't know what Courtney does. uh, But she's there. She's voiced by Aquafina. She's hilarious. She has headphones. I don't know what her job is on Pig Island, but she's there a lot. Um, (laughs) There's a science pig. Gary, I want to say? I Yes, I believe so. Yeah, names are not as important in a world where the red bird is named Red. Um, <laughs> yes, that's it's okay. scary. It's Gary. scary. Um, and they get the birds together, which would be the three birds from the last movie, the main ones. Um, they go and find Mighty Eagle, who's like the Deus Ex Machina in the game. Um, and they. My favorite part of the first movie is. Taking the rug out from under the mighty eagle concept. Like, there is no Deus Ex Machina in this universe. It's just people love the eagle, but he's actually not worthy of that love at all.
0: Unlike in the game where he can save you in one of your daily
1: challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bring along a silver new character, Chuck's sister, voiced by um, favorite of the show, Rachel Bloom. We don't know her personally, but we'd like to know you if you're listening. Wow, that,
0: that was, whoa, that's. I know that
1: sounds creepy, but I just like, want her to be a muse. Like a creative muse. Oh, I thought you just weren't
0: having good diction. I thought, I want her to be amused. And then yeah. I was like, where's the D sound? And then I, it took me a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yes,
1: muse Also. That could be the title of my upcoming comedy album being released on iTunes. Uh, Where's the D sound starring Ken (laughs) (laughs) Merrill? Or it could be waiting for the D. Mm, No, that's not a comedy album. That's a different thing entirely. That might be true. Oh, is it not? Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Family friendly. Um, (laughs) Anywho, this team goes after the other island where there's this evil, eagle, parrot, Leslie Jones person, um, <laughs> Zeta, who, I'm not super clear on the how plan. her evil plan works, but that's okay. She's firing ice at people. Uh, yeah, um, she, they don't like I, it.
0: Think, I think her plan is to kill everybody on all the other islands so she can
1: go live on those other islands. But she hates ice, but she's also firing these ice balls that don't melt at the other islands? Where she wants to go live? As
0: long as the other people die, it's fine, I guess. Okay. It's, you're really you're really um hanging on to this ice. You know, they I know. ice will melt. It'll go yeah. away eventually.
1: Okay. Don't think about it too hard. Um <laughs> Sega after Zeta to stop her evil plan with her doomsday machine, and Red uh, wants to be the hero, puts everyone in danger, and eventually has to suck it up and admit that he doesn't need to be the one in charge and let uh, Rachel Bloom, I mean Silver, uh, take charge as she is destined to, um, and basically solve the entire the plan. And ultimately, uh, they don't kill the bad guy, the bad guys not done away with in some way, but they actually resolve that plot in a meaningful way, because Mighty Eagle, Oh, skip this whole part. This whole mighty Eagle Zeta or X's subplot. And then they get together and get married because it's a comedy. People get married at the end. Bringing it back.
0: In true, uh, in true um, Shakespearean fashion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Angry Birds 2 follows the long line of, you know, Shakespearean tradition and theatrical and dramatic tradition of comedies. Wrathful
1: Avians the Second. <laughs> I would read that. I'd watch that too. Uh, I don't even know how to begin writing that. Anyway, so that's the plot of Angry Birds 2.
0: Though and- the slingshot.
1: Oh yeah, and there are maybe slingshots in the world somewhere. Still. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, But that's really, the plot of this movie is not what should sell you on the movie. Right. Because I I think
0: this is one of the things where the plot is an excuse to have certain things happen. (laughs) Like, Like the plot, I guess there's, plot and story, and I feel like story is what happens to the inside the characters. You know, what happens to the characters as they're dealing with the plot, which are the things that happen. And the plot, I feel, is just to get these characters into certain situations. Mm -hmm. Or they ended up they try to figure out how to get the first thing that they had to figure out is how do you get the birds and the pigs to come together? What would bring them together? And there would be somebody who's more dangerous than the. A prank war. Prank war, right? Cool. Who's more dangerous than the pigs for the birds? Um, who is worse? Leslie Jones is the answer. Leslie Jones as a bird is worse. She's a bigger actual physical and dangerous threat. But also
1: emotionally there's a there's a threat there. And she just looks crazy. I love the design of her character. It's like Big Bird and Roadrunner had a baby that grew up to become a drag queen. That's what Zeta is. And a dragon, like there's like like very
0: dragon esque movement that she has because of the very long neck.
1: Yeah, I don't know what kind of bird she is at all. She lives on Eagle Island, which is why I presume that there's some kind of eagle relation. I don't think that matters. Okay.
0: I don't think it does. I don't. I don't think it matters. Oh, but, no! Um, I don't think it matters either. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just want to know. So the main thing about this is the plot gets these characters into certain situations and then we just linger there in these situations and have comedy things happen that hopefully get the plot moving to the next post to the next thing. it does feel like it moves very quickly. Like it's, it moves very, very quickly. And the only thing that slows it down sometimes is the story of the hatchlings,
1: which we didn't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mention them at all. I forgot them. Um, <laughs> the hatchlings in, well, I think a lot of this. So the director Thorp van Orban, uh, has worked on many, many TV shows, animated TV shows. Um, and specifically created the misadventures of Flapjack and Cartoon Network. And all these characters feel very zany, but grounded in whatever their world is along the lines of stuff he's done previously. Um, and the hatchlings feel like the B-plot in a TV show. Right. Like They're kind of there to show the passage of time in the main plots. so we're not just skipping straight to the next scene. Um, we just have to have something it, So it feels like time passes. Um, so that's what that feels like to me. It almost feels like it's a... This might be better as like a pre-movie short that they show. Mm-hmm. Or like a DVD extra. Um, yeah, and here's glad what was not. happening
0: to these kids during... Yeah. While the real thing was happening.
1: Yeah. The actual pre-movie... Short they had was fantastic, and I can't wait to discuss that probably at our Oscar shorts episode. I wouldn't <laughs> in early doubt 2020. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're yeah. not going to talk about Hair Love today. Hair Love's a great selling point. Uh, in addition to Angry Birds too, we'll talk about that later.
0: If you only go see it for Hair Love, you definitely get your money's worth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's all I'll say about Hair Love. Yeah. For now. For um, now. <laughs> But yeah, I think the Hatchlings, there's the tradition. It felt very much, Angry Birds 2 felt very much like an extended episode of a TV show. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, I just mean the structure of it and the way that it was paced and the kinds of things that happened felt very much like a TV show because we lingered for so long in the gag world and not so much on character growth. Hmm. Does that make sense? Not that the characters didn't have a story or a journey. It's that the, if, if you did a ratio and poured some water every time there was time spent on a gag versus time spent on character development, I think your your water would be full, you know, much more full on the, we spent time
1: on a gag. Glass. I agree, but I also think a lot of the gag glass is a... It sounds so bad. The gag the glass. joke glass. <laughs> I feel like the time spent on the joke glass is a foil for the character glass, where it's trying to show you, yes, these other characters can take action, make plans, and survive on their own without red. Are they great at it? No. Can hmm. they do it? Yeah. Like we see the benefit to Red being in charge. He can make things happen in a more efficient way that are more likely to work, but um he's not the all important center of the universe that he thinks he is.
0: And that we would assume as well. Yeah. I think everyone assumes everyone thinks angry birds, you think of the red bird. Just in general.
1: I mean he's on the he's on the cover of the app. <laughs> That's true. That's all he's It's just him. After you stop playing for two weeks, he's still staring at you. He's on your home screen. (laughs) So what else would we
0: want to say about the humor in this?
1: Or the kinds of jokes that we have here? I don't know what else to say about it. I can't articulate it super well. Um, To me, this almost becomes like an absurdist version of what humor-oriented at kids is supposed to be. Like, it goes beyond what you expect a kid to find funny, and it becomes so absurd that everyone can find it funny. These are not complex, high-level jokes you have to put together. This is not the arrested development of animation. (laughs) (laughs) But things go... So awry and so strange that you can't help, but find it funny. Um, we have, even though it's my favorite thing, spoilers, we have to talk about the bathroom scene.
0: We can't not yeah. talk about the bathroom scene. when You talk about this film and it's, it's toilet
1: humor. And literally animated. It's literally toilet humor <laughs> in a toilet room. There's toilets involved because like urinals, it's a kind of toilet. Um, I guess everything's a kind of toilet, if you believe, um, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> is that wise? Is that dark? Um, but the bathroom scene, it's toilet humor. And we don't normally endorse toilet humor on this podcast because it's so basic. And so doesn't easy. add anything. Um, but here it gets so absurd. And I think it's a foil to the kind of plan that Red would come up with that it works. And I'm pro bathroom scene. Well, I think there's there's a level.
0: There are levels. And it, it goes back to um, building on something, taking it. One step further than you thought it was gonna go. So, in this case, multiple steps further than it you thought it was gonna go. the 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 whole conceit between of of the scene, you know, um, there there are four characters in a bird suit. So there's Bomb and Chuck and. Um, Gary's in there, and Leonard's in there. Who else I is
1: in there? Too. I think Courtney, too. Courtney's in people. there,
0: yeah. So five five characters in there controlling this bird, working together. So as I'm sure many people who have tried to coordinate with somebody else to do like a three-legged race or anything yeah. like that, trying to propel this giant fake bird... If, if Big Bird was controlled by five people instead of one, this is what you would get. Um, anyway, they follow in this eagle into the bathroom because the eagle has a security clearance card. And they go follow the eagle, try to get next to him at the urinals. And because of, because of the controls and the way they control the body, that's where most of the humor is coming from. And just the reaction of the eagle thinking that this other bird is trying to sneak a peek at the urinal (laughs) and his just very incensed clearing of his throat
1: throughout. I know you can read it that way. To me, I guess I just took this as like, Above and beyond, like the the sneak a peak humor that a bathroom scene could have, oh. it was not subtle at all. It was just like here's a really strange person who's come up next to you in the bathroom, slammed his face against the wall, locking eyes with you.
0: No, I'm just saying that's where it starts. Like yes. that's that's yeah. that's if it had ended there, that's the joke. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't end there. It it keeps building towards. Just more zany um, physicalizations and um, crazy stuff with spitting water.
1: Pretend to pee.
0: It just keeps. It just keeps building to the end that you don't expect. You don't expect the violence that happens at the end, and that's the final. Unless you've seen the trailer. Unless you've seen the trailer we'll have that in our show notes so you can rewatch or watch it for the first time, depending on what you've done, I suppose, you know, you have two options. You have number one and you definitely have number two.
1: Mm -mm. I'm shaking my head audience. (laughs) You can't hear me shaking my head, but I wish that I could make that sound.
0: I feel like it, I feel like it, it's translated very well through, (laughs) through the podcast. Um, (laughs) the other kind of joke that i noticed a lot and i i counted and during the credits um songs that went by um one type of joke which is the we'll play a song and the song is sort of the joke on its own
1: yeah but I, I also
0: it, it, but also wait it also gives a character thing but it's also a it's a Easy way to let the audience in on something and create a moment mm-hmm. um, for better or worse. And I don't think it's a bad thing to use because the first time it happened was Red's um, all-by-myself moment where it's like, what are you afraid of? And it goes into him and it you know, has this song all-by-myself and you see him having these
1: reactions of, I'm not scared of anything. I'm okay with that because it works because it's a classic song, not a modern song. Um, The ones that are more pop songy and current things that I might not have heard and know of, um, I think they're harder to justify. That just seems to be a staple of modern animated feature films. So I don't know where that came from. If the producer said you have to have 12 of these song jokes in here. There were 18... Well, maybe six of them are justified. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe 12 of them are more like random modern pop songs.
0: I mean, I I enjoyed and laughed, but then there was a certain point where I was listening and like, wait, this is the same type. This This is happening again. And I just started to notice it more and more and it took me out of it because of how often that particular kind of joke was happening. Mm-hmm. And so when I got when they got to the credits and I counted you know 18 times that that happened it's like 18 times in 80 90
1: minutes that's a little, that's a lot for one and kind of joke a few of them are sandwiched together so i think there's like one montage with like six of them in a row right not that i'm saying that it makes it a lot better but it's it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a nice Cheap and easy way to get the audience on your side. Um, Maybe kids feel differently, but it feels like as an adult, if it happens too often, it just kind of takes you out of it. You're just thinking about pop songs now. Where's Old Town Road? When's that going to show up? (laughs) I'm still proud of myself for never having heard that song. I complained about the other day and someone played part of it for me. So now I vaguely know what it sounds like.
0: Jack has sung it, but, you know, a six-year-old singing a song. Where has Jack heard Old Town Road? I don't know. They pick things up from school. (laughs) (laughs) They bring it into our home. (laughs) You try to raise them right. You try to show them, you know, like the right cartoons and the right things in life. And they come home singing songs and you're like, you've had no control. The world just gets
1: to the... The world just happens. I mean, I haven't listened to it, so I officially have no opinion. I have no positive or negative take on Old Town Road whatsoever, <laughs> at all. I literally can't judge it because I haven't listened to it. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily wrong that Jack picked it up. I like, I like Lil Nas politically, and what he's going after. I think he's a fun <laughs> personality. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Let's pull. <laughs> we'll pull back slightly.
0: but okay then there's one of my other one of my other favorite jokes that where it takes it to i think the absurd level is the oh my god joke with the mime bird
1: yes i'm interested to hear your take on this you give your take
0: (laughs) you get (laughs) so we have this mime bird and they're getting, you know, the birds are getting attacked by, um, I forget the first thing that they're getting attacked by that it happens, but the mime bird actually is the only one who speaks and it's just like, oh my God. And, or is it more like, oh my God. Cause I don't know if there's a D sound to bring that back.
1: There you, there you go. Yeah. There's oh no my
0: sound. God. Um, and then, Later on, something else happens. A devastating moment where all the birds were there, and he lifts up a megaphone slowly, which is just ridiculous and it's own, in itself. Um, and then he says, "Oh my God, right there." And then he says it one more time as he's running, and then he gets hit with this giant ice ball. and you think that he's dead, but he survived. And then he's like, oh, oh my God, and says it differently. And then he actually does get hit, presumably killed, because I don't remember seeing him in the end. Um, I was just like, what is going on? Um, I think if it hadn't been that final one where the, with the change, I think it would have graded on me. Mm-hmm. But because there was a big obvious change, like, oh, my God, like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. Like, oh, my God, I'm OK. If it had just been like, oh my God, the same way. I think the second one could have been helped if we had just seen the megaphone go up to his mouth and then cut away and either you hear it or you don't hear it. You know, like you just know what he's going to say. I just think there's that expectation there.
1: Like Lego Batman doing the spit take off screen. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. This didn't hurt the movie for me, but this is... The same joke from the first movie. Oh, is it? Yeah. So the Mind Bird is in the first movie and is one of the more memorable parts of that movie, might I add. Oh. Um, and so I think they felt a need to bring him back for this movie. Um, but they do new flavors of it and it is done uh, sparingly enough and with that satisfying twist at the end that it feels justified and still builds. But having seen the first movie, I think it was not as memorable for me the second time.
0: Oh, no. I'm sad now.
1: (laughs) Why are you sad? Because a joke you hadn't heard before was still funny? (laughs) I guess not.
0: I feel like that's a reason to be happy. Okay. I'm glad I didn't see the first one before I saw the second one. So I could enjoy the mime in all his glory.
1: And again, I didn't feel like it was bad or unfunny. It just didn't leave as much of a mark the second time for me.
0: (laughs) So... I don't know if it sounds like we're being positive in this, in terms of, you know, whether whether we think the humor works or not. Um, I just want to be clear that I had a I had a really enjoyable time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's absurd. You're not going to Angry Birds two expecting a ton of character growth. There there are character arcs in there which are which are nice to see. Um, but you're, you're mostly going just to have a good time and see characters get into silly situations
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's totally fair
1: in our world. Pretty good way to sum it up. There's not like a secret childhood emotional message like the Lego movie at the end. It's just, it's a fun movie. If you like Looney Tunes, good news. Yeah. It's here. very, very classic
0: physical comedy, and in a lot of ways, you could take a lot of those characters and mix them up and put them, and still have the same things happen, except for red and silver. I think you leave red and silver, but if you had a different set of five birds in the suit, I don't think the bathroom scene would have been that much different. You know, that different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's not so much a character joke, character-based gag. It's a situational joke. And those situational things are what this lands on mm-hmm. more, more often than not.
1: I'd agree. You'd agree? Yeah. That's good. So, did you have a favorite thing in this movie? So,
0: you said your favorite thing was the bathroom scene.
1: Mm-hmm. I know Kill we tape. already
0: talked about that, but um, mine is from the bathroom scene. It's a very specific moment. And it, this is very, not classic Looney Tunes, but Looney Tunes-ish because it's a visual gag. And it, the timing of it is impeccable. So the, the five folks are sidling up at the next urinal and the face hits the wall. And it's turned and it locks eyes. And then only one of the eyeballs dips down towards the bottom. So one eye is looking at the eagle and one eye is pointing down at the urinal. And it's like, oh, that's funny. And that's where I thought the joke would end. It did not. It was like, oh, well, that's a funny take. And then the eye goes down. I'm like, oh, that's that's really fun change. That's really hilarious. And then... It didn't stop. The scene kept going.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think my favorite part in that scene is uh, when Leonard tells Chuck to mimic urination. And it feels like Chuck has, I mean, I guess it makes sense. The birds are a lot shorter than the eagle urinals. Uh, So maybe the birds have never used a urinal before. I don't know. We could delve into the dramaturgy there of that. Um, (laughs) But uh, he just starts spraying water all over the place and it's just the cutaway where it's like you are in the wall watching the birds staring at the wall they're separate stalls both look like the, the <laughs> guard looks uncomfortable but is standing there and then there's the fake bird looking goofy and there's just a stream of water flying everywhere
0: which fair play that water looked real. <laughs> that, that was some of the most realistic looking water in in animation.
1: So, well done there. Someone got a good physics engine on GitHub and uh, put that in there.
0: (laughs) That was some, I don't know. It was some quality quality fake urine. Quality toilet humor. (laughs) Q-T-H. Maybe we should have that now. It's like, was it (laughs) Q-T-H? Or is it BTH? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, go enjoy Angry Birds too. Um, I was trying to fit in num- another number two joke, but I'm not going to because I'm just not. I'm just not going to do it.
1: Okay, I'm down with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about homework time? Let's. For your homework, it's going to be the Emmys, the Emmys, the Emmys. So we invite you to watch all the 2019 Primetime Emmy-nominated Outstanding Animated Program episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mouthful. So watch for next time. Season 2, Episode 5 of Big Mouth, The Planned Parenthood Show. Season 9, Episode 1 of Bob's Burgers, Just One of the Boys for Now for Now. Season 5, Episode 6 of Bojack Horseman, Free Churro. I feel like I'm doing the nominees. Season 10, Episodes 13 through 16 of Adventure Time. Come along with me. Season 30, episode 11 of The Simpsons, Mad About the Toy. Watch those things. If you need to bounce back in your podcast app, hit the button, boop, 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 skip backwards, hear all those again, write them down, make a note, watch them for next time. That's what we're going to be
1: discussing. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino and to Jacob Reed for our theme music.
0: Find us on the web on Twitter at WG Animated on facebook.com slash Animated and find show notes at writersgetanimated.podbean.com.
1: As it's been the trend lately, I have nothing sassy to add on. I want to do like Leonard trying to get like a goodbye machine. I don't know. Maybe we should say goodbye. I, I just love Bill Hader.
0: <laughs> Good night, everybody.